Good afternoon and welcome to the Legal Legal Show. This is your host, Tony Dodds. I'm an attorney here in Lakeland. To call into the show, the number is 863-682-1430. That's 863-682-1430. To contact me at my office, the number is 863-688-2389. That's 863-688-2389. My office is conveniently located at 904 South Missouri Avenue in Lakeland. That's directly behind the old Southside Dry Cleaners that's on South Florida Avenue in Dixieland area. If you see that dry cleaners, my office is directly behind it. And what I thought we would talk about today is an area that's been somewhat of a topic for the last uh, roughly two to three months within the Florida legislature, and that is the status of what we call constitutional carry. And a lot of people are like, okay, what does constitutional carry deal with? Well, it deals with a subject that is very near and dear to my heart, as most of you know, which is firearms usage and the ability of a person to carry a firearm. And basically, what constitutional carry means, it is the legal public carrying of a handgun, either openly or concealed, without having to have a permit or license. Um, It basically stems from the viewpoint, and this is not just on a, it is adopted on a state-by-state basis, but in a national viewpoint, that the Second Amendment to the United States Constitution does not allow uh, such type of restrictions on gun rights, uh, including the right to carry or bear arms. What does that mean? Well, what that means is most states at some point in time or another had put restrictions on how and when you could carry firearms. Uh, a lot of them would, uh, you know, would allow you to conceal it because they didn't want it to upset other people, and, but you would end up having to pay for a license to do so. And some states have become draconian in the way that they issue the permits for those types of carry uh, ish, uh, circumstances. And I will give you prime examples of that. California and New York are horrible on the issuance of concealed weapons permits. Uh, and then other states would hand them out like candy, practically, meaning you'd have to go do a course and get your fingerprints done and then turn it into whatever their licensing authority. In Florida, it was the Department of Agriculture. And they would then run a background check on you. And if everything checked out, you paid your fee. And that's where the biggest rub comes in. And you would get your concealed license permit. I've had mine for well over a decade, maybe even longer at this point. I'll be very blunt about you on that one. Uh, And part of the reasons I've had it is, one, I didn't want to run afoul of some law enforcement officer one day if I had a gun with me. And then secondarily, it also made being able to do the background checks here in Florida a lot simpler because you you give them that permit, they they run the background check on you, and you don't have to wait three-day waiting period uh, if you have the concealed carry permit, where if you don't have it, you would have to wait for the three days before picking it up. So that's our restriction, so to speak, in Florida is I can carry a gun in my car. I can carry it on my side as long as it's concealed. I can carry it in my pocket as long as it's concealed because I have a license to do so. But there are a number of states that have adopted provisions, and, and it actually at one point in time was known as the Vermont rule because Vermont was the very first one to do it. Uh, that may come as a shock to a lot of you people that, that understand the normal politics of Vermont. 
But the reality is Vermont took the kind of the lead on this and said, why are we making people get a license to conceal carry? It makes no sense. And so what they did was they they modified their statutes to as long as you were not otherwise disqualified from owning and possessing a firearm, you were then able to do it without having to obtain a, a concealed carry permit. Uh, now, when we're talking about otherwise disqualified, we get back into the issue of convicted felons who have not had their gun rights restored. Uh, we talk about people that have a an injunction for domestic violence against them. Those are people that would automatically be disqualified because they're not authorized under the law to be able to own or possess a firearm. Uh, so they would be still restricted even in the constitutional carry states. What the real effect of a constitutional carry provision is, and it can be done differently by each state, some of them have different rules on this, it could apply to either concealed carry and or open carry. Some states will only allow it to be a concealed carry, but you still do not have to have a license. Another state may only allow open carry and not concealed carry without a license. I mean, but they still call them constitutional carry because you're still authorized to carry without having to get a license, just subject to whatever other restrictions they may have. I think most people are going to be astounded at the number of states uh, that have now provided uh, some sort of constitutional carry provision. And the, the number is steamrolling and growing faster and faster. And the point of this whole program today was to show the status of constitutional carry in Florida and where we're at with when and if it will happen in Florida I'll deal with most of those issues towards the end once we've kind of gone more of an evaluation of the overall process uh, and why some states still think they need to have licenses on, on the, the ability to conceal carry. Uh, but the long and the short of it is there are a large number of states that have adopted provisions. Some of them are going to be real surprises when we go through the list uh, that basically say we don't require a permit anymore under these circumstances or under certain circumstances. And it, it shows that there is now a growing movement, not just in certain areas of the country, but countrywide, obviously with the exception of the far west coast, and everybody knows what I'm talking about with Washington, Oregon, and California, and with a certain segment of the New England area, i.e. New York, that we'll never probably ever see constitutional carry being on a ballot even, much less dealt with through their legislature. But after the break, I'll go through the list of states, and we'll kind of discuss that as to the ones that have adopted constitutional carry. You have been listening to Talk Radio 96.7 FM and 1430 AM. Welcome back to the Legal Legal Show. This is your host, Tony Dodds. To call into the show, the number is 863-682-1430. That's 863-682-1430. To contact me at my office, the number is 863-688-2389. That's 863-688-2389. Today, we're talking about the status of constitutional carry and what exactly constitutional carry is, uh, dealing with gun owners' rights and the ability of a person to carry a firearm uh, depending on different states and what state you might be living in or just passing through. 
and the the rights of the individual within those states. Uh, Before the break, I had talked about the fact that there are a number of states that have already passed provisions concerning these areas. Uh, I can tell you that exact at least 24 currently have laws on the books that will deal with these types of circumstances in their respective states. There is another state that has passed legislation. It's waiting for the governor to sign, and I'll go into that one towards the end of this, this part of the segment. Um, but that means that at that point, if the governor signs that one, that will be the 25th state. Well, we have 50 states in our country. So half of the states will have constitutional carry, assuming that state signs off. If not, we're still very close to having half of the states having constitutional carry. The states that include constitutional carry, uh, and I'm going to do this in an alphabetical order because it just makes sense to do it that way, Alabama will have constitutional carry effective January 1 of next year. They've passed it. The way their laws work is that it has an effective date. So effective January 1 of 2023, Alabama will be a constitutional carry state. We count them as one now because it's all been signed off on. It's just a matter of waiting for it to have that effective date. Alaska, which makes perfect sense, uh, you know, in that place, and Alaska is a beautiful place to go, but there's still a lot of wilderness and wildlife in Alaska, so it kind of makes sense to allow people to have constitutional carry there. Arizona has already passed what's called constitutional carry, which and I'm not going to segment these very much as far as whether that is open carry or concealed carry, because that, quite frankly, would have taken me hours to go into each one of these states' provisions to determine how they've done it. They are simply being listed as constitutional carry because they do not require a permit or license for whatever type they're authorizing. Um, Arkansas, Idaho has signed off on constitutional carry. Indiana, effective July 1 of this year, will be a constitutional carry state. Iowa already has it in place. Kansas already has it in place. Kentucky already has it in place. Here's one of the shockers on the list. Maine has it in place. Maine, part of the New England liberal faction up there, has constitutional carry. Mississippi. Uh, Missouri, which is often referred to as a swing state because it will go back and forth during certain elections depending on what the issues of the election are as to which party or uh, tendency they tend to vote. They have constitutional carry. The next one's no shock. Montana has constitutional carry. I'm surprised, quite frankly, that they let Vermont beat them to it out there. Uh, But Montana, here's another shock on the list, though. New Hampshire is on the constitutional carry list, meaning that they have authorized a form of constitutional carry where you do not have to have a permit or license in order to be able to carry a firearm on you. North Dakota, but theirs does have a a somewhat small restriction. It is only authorized for residents only and for concealed carry only. And that's one that it stood out, so I went ahead and made notes on that one to document that. But North Dakota authorizes constitutional carry, but only for their actual people that are re- residing in the state 
So anybody that's visiting there would still have to comply with the interstate compact as it would relate to licenses to carry. And it's for concealed only. Another swing state, Ohio, effective June 13th of this year, will be a constitutional carry state. Uh, Oklahoma, that's no surprise there. That, that again, kind of falls in line with Montana. You're wondering how it didn't happen even sooner once it started going along. And I'm sure they were one of the first ones to do it. It's just not the first one. Uh, South Dakota, now they do not have the same restrictions that North Dakota does. Uh, but they are a constitutional carry state. Tennessee has made note that their constitutional carry is only as to handguns. It doesn't mean you can't own long guns, meaning rifles and shotguns, but the constitutional carry that where you don't have to have a license is specific to handguns only. Uh, here's another one that's no shock, and that's the state of Texas. I think it's been constitutional carry there, whether it was on the books or not, probably since before the Alamo. I mean, we're talking all the way back into the early, early days of the 1700s or whatever when anybody was occupying that state. They've literally, before there was a constitution, they were carrying out there. Um, so Texas is no shock. Utah. And here was the one, like I, I noted right off the bat, that was kind of the surprise out of the whole mess. And that's, that's why they call it the Vermont law or the Vermont movement was because Vermont was the first one to pass a constitutional carry provision that allowed people, the public, to carry a handgun, uh, and and they didn't have to have a license or permit to do it. Uh, West Virginia, that would be West by God, Virginia, to most of us that understand how they, they that's their, you know, that, they refer to themselves that way, so that doesn't shock me. And then last but not least, and this one, again, falls in line with Montana. I'm, I'm surprised they weren't sprinting to do this. Wyoming. You know, again, Wyoming kind of fits into the Montana and Texas bill of, okay, we may not have had anything on the books, but it was okay all along. Uh, now, having visited Wyoming, because uh, our son lives in Wyoming, uh, one of our sons lives in Wyoming, we were out there visiting. I will tell you that the entire time we were there, which was probably three or four days at least, maybe five, we never – actually, no, we were there almost a week. I never saw anybody carrying a firearm on their side. Doesn't mean they weren't. I never saw it. And honestly, coming from Florida, that would be something that you would notice. It doesn't mean they weren't carrying firearms, folks. It just means that they weren't sitting there playing Wild West. Now – on the farms and the ranches, and my God, there's a whole lot of farms and ranches in Wyoming. We would literally be on a road going from Cheyenne to Cody, and there'd be an hour where you didn't see a home because it was one big solid land track down the side of the highway. Uh, if you didn't get gas, you could run out of gas out there real easily. And there was no telephone signals for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles. But, you know, when they're out on the ranches and the farms, I would not be a bit surprised if they didn't still carry one right on their side that may be open, may not be open, whatever, because they need to have access to something like that given the wild circumstances of the wild life that still exists in those parts of the country. If you have never been to Wyoming or Montana or even South Dakota, North Dakota, I highly recommend that you understand there's still parts of this country 
that we have majestic beauty at where you don't have buildings all over the place. Um, in Wyoming, I learned the trivial side piece that there's actually less people that live in the entire state of Wyoming than lives right here in Polk County. In fact, in Polk County, we have about 200,000 more residents than the entire state of Wyoming has. The capital city of Cheyenne only has about 65 or 68,000 people in it. Lakeland itself would dwarf Cheyenne, Wyoming. But it was still very pretty to go out and see and enjoy. And it, it's, it's what America the Beautiful is all about. So I've kind of digressed for a few minutes, and I hate to do that, but unfortunately I want people to understand we still have places you can go and enjoy the beauty of the country. It's not all concrete, bricks, and asphalt. I'm starting to think that's what Florida's turning into is concrete, bricks, and asphalt. Getting back to the topic, though, you've got states like Wyoming and Texas, uh, Montana. I'm not real sure, and Oklahoma, I'll include them in it. I don't know that, I mean, they've, they've put provisions on the books now. It's probably just to protect the citizens from the government more than it is to do anything else because I'm not so sure they didn't really kind of have that whole thought process that it was okay to begin with. They just memorialized it with what we call the constitutional carry-type statutes. I had indicated to you before there is one state that has passed it in the legislature, and they are waiting to see if the governor is going to sign it, and that is Georgia. It has passed their, their legislature. It's sitting on Governor Kemp's desk for signature. If he doesn't sign it, I don't think he's probably going to be doing too well on a re-election committee or a re-election bid um, because Georgia has made it known that that's what they want. They would be lockstep in line with a lot of the other southern states. And so as a result, I, I would be surprised if we do not see them, him signing it. If he vetoes it, it's going to be a real problem. And so I think that will be the 25th state. And then the question is whether Florida becomes the 26th state or not. And after the break, I'm going to go into more about where we're at in Florida, about the provision that's been put in here. You have been listening to Talk Radio 96.7 FM and 1430 AM. Welcome back to the Legal Legal Show. This is your host, Tony Dodds. I'm an attorney here in Lakeland. To call into the show, the number is 863-682-1430. That's 863-682-1430. To contact me at my office, the number is 863-688-2389. That's 863-688-2389. My office is conveniently located at 904 South Missouri Avenue. We've been talking about constitutional carry, what it is, uh, how it applies as it would relate to firearms, because that's what it involves, and the states that have already adopted constitutional carry provisions, which, if Georgia's governor signs off, that will now be half of the states in the country. Most of you are sitting there going, where's Florida? Well, that is an interesting subject. The legislature for three years now, including this year, has had somebody submit, and I say somebody, one of the legislators has submitted a bill dealing with constitutional carry in Florida. The first two years of that, which would have been for the, let's see, we're in 2022 now, so the 2021 and the 2020 sessions, they died in committee. 
They never got out of the committee to get to the governor to sign or to even look at, to review. Uh, and so our legislature, which has had a Republican majority for all of those years in both the the Senate and the legislature part of it, uh, have it's the House part, let me put it, make more accurate, have had a, a majority of Republicans in both of them, and they still can't get a thing out of a committee to get it voted on to get it to the governor's office. I'm a little bit upset with the NRA this year. Um, they sent a thank you message this year to the legislature for not letting any more anti-gun bills come through. Well, okay, that's all well and good. Where are the, these complaining, though, or the uh, motivation on the part of the NRA to tell the legislature, why didn't you get constitutional carry through this year? I mean, we're kind of lagging behind the rest of the country at this point when we got that many states that have been pushing this through and, and getting it done, and we didn't get it through this year either. It's It was dead in the committee on March the 14th of this year, and it was Florida House Bill 103, and it was going to remove the requirement for licenses to carry a concealed firearm. We weren't going to be dealing with open carry at all, so that that was a non-issue. Um, you could still get a concealed carry license, and the reason you would do that is if you were going to a state that did not um, recognize constitutional carry yet, and yes, there are a few of those that would still be out there, i.e. South Carolina, North Carolina, Louisiana, and there's some other states that I, you know, I'm just not going to go through the whole panoply here. Uh, some of them you wouldn't want to be caught dead trying to carry in because they'll lock you up for a long time, and that would be New York and California and Illinois. But there are some states that have not approved constitutional carry yet, so you could get your concealed carry permit, and if they have reciprocity with us, you would still be able to carry there. But you're not required to have it if you don't want to have it in order to be able to uh, conceal carry here in Florida. Now, it would still have been subject to the disqualifiers of convicted felons and domestic violence injunctions. And why is that? Because those are federal disqualifiers. Those are things that keep you from being able to carry, in essence, basically everywhere. You can get your rights restored as it would relate to a felony. Once the domestic violence injunction expires, you would be eligible again under a process there. But it would, it would remove the requirement of a license. Well, why is that kind of important? A lot of people look at having a concealed carry permit as a form of registration. And we're actually having to pay on our seven-year renewals, a fee to have that license, and yes, it's called a license, renewed. It's kind of like having to pay for your driver's license to renew. Driver's licenses are every four to six years, depending on your driver's record on that. If your record's bad, you get to play with them every four years. If your driving record's clean, it's usually six years. And some of that changes once you get to a certain age, I think. Now, I'll have to do some work on that for another show one of these days. But the long and the short of it is it's a license, and that means it's a tax. We can call it whatever, you know, a license all day long, but it's a form of paying the government money. When I first obtained my concealed carry permit, it was 100, and I call it permit, license is the better word, 
it was $117 to do it, in addition to having to pay for the class and everything else. Did the class help me? I ended up having to teach, and I say having, I helped teach part of the class while I was a student in the class. The person teaching the class was a friend of mine, and he would refer to me for legal questions out of it at times to time. I didn't mind that. I enjoyed that. It was it was fun to do that. When we went out to the range, I got to shoot one bullet because the instructor knew I knew what I was doing, and all that was required to pass the class was to shoot one bullet to show that I was able to effectively use the firearm and knew what I was doing with it. I ended up shooting a lot more with my own guns afterwards because while we were there, we were authorized to do that. But my whole point on that is I had to use a bunch of my time going through a class that was it was nice. I enjoyed doing it. Like I said, it was a friend of mine that was teaching the class. He did a great job. He was very professional with it. And then we ended up going out to the range. But do I need to do that? No. Is it good for some other people? Yeah, it'd still be good for some of them to go take the class. They would not be required to do it. It does away with that requirement because you no longer have to have a license under the way this provision was written. It would have also changed some of the penalties if uh, if you were seen with a gun in your car in certain circumstances. It changed them from felonies down to misdemeanors. But March 14th of this year, when the session ended, it died in committee. Does that mean it's dead this year? Normally, under normal circumstances, it's dead in the water and it can't be brought up again until the next session next year. Our legislature only meets for a couple of months every year. Uh, why they don't do it longer, I don't know. Quite frankly, I don't care. The, the less they're involved with other things, the less damage they do to the state, probably. So that's less government. I'm all about less government. In this case, we're trying to lessen government because we're getting a, an agency or arm of our government out of the people's business. Uh, we would basically be taking away a huge chunk of what the Department of Agriculture currently deals with. And yes, the Department of Agriculture is the one that is designated in the state of Florida for the issuance of concealed carry permits or concealed carry licenses. And they are the ones that, I mean, we're talking about, I'm guessing, I don't have statistics on this, but it's probably well over half of what they're dealing with at any given time is dealing with the issuance of concealed carry licenses. They would still need some of these folks around to do some of it, but the requirement list would be a lot smaller because a lot of people wouldn't seek them at that point, uh, and it would uh, uh, basically eliminate a huge portion of the staff because you wouldn't be having to process all these applications. There'd still be some people wanting to do it because of their need to travel and have that license for the interstate purposes of the state's that still require a license that are part of the reciprocity. What is going to happen out of this? Well, Governor DeSantis has already authorized or required the legislature to have a special session, and it's going to occur from April 19th to April 22nd. While the gathering of the legislators, legislators, couldn't get that one out of my mouth today, is not for this specific purpose. It is being, uh, they're being called back because he vetoed the redistricting uh, boundary line issues. Every so often, the legislature has to get together and, and issue new districts for the legislative districts within Florida. And the reason to do that is to make sure no one segment of our population 
gets excluded from representation and to basically provide for and equate fair representation across the state. There's been some court rulings concerning this, and the legislature sent a bill to him that would have shown certain district boundary lines. He had submitted a plan to the legislature. It seems that the legislature decided to ignore his plans, sent theirs up, and he decided, no, you're going to rethink this. And so he vetoed it. That has been sent back. They've got to do it. It's federally required. And so that is going to be a part of a special session from April the 19th to the 22nd. And guess what, folks? When they reconvene, they can consider other things other than redistricting. And I will go into that after the break. You've been listening to Talk Radio 96.7 FM and 1430 AM. Welcome back to the Legal Legal Show. This is your host, Tony Dodds. I'm an attorney here in Lakeland. To call into the show, the number is 863-682-1430. That's 863-682-1430. To contact me at my office, the number is 863-688-2389. That's 863-688-2389. Again, we've been talking about constitutional carry and what that is and what the status of things are in Florida. Before the break, we, we talked about the fact that it died in committee again this year on March 14th. And a lot of people go, okay, well, that's three years in a row. How, why is that happening? Well, realistically, let's think about what I just talked about before the break. I had to pay my first renewal fee. was uh, My first fee was $117. I honestly don't even remember what the renewal fee was, but there was still a fee attached. Why am I having to pay to renew something that I've already been passed through for? They don't even issue you a new card a lot of times. Or if they do issue you a new card, all it is is the same old picture. They change the date on it. It couldn't have cost them more than 50 cents plus postage, maybe a couple of dollars. And yet I'm getting charged way more than that as a a relicensure fee um, to, to get it re- redone, to re- renew it. Well, the answer to that is it's a tax. It's money. It's revenue to an agency. And for whatever reason, we have a, a problem in our government where, yes, they like to occasionally say, oh, we're going to give you a sales tax holiday, uh, especially dealing with kids buying clothes for school. Well, that Folks, don't be stupid. That is not what's really happening. Yes, for that one week or three-day period, whatever, you can go out and buy your kids' clothes without paying sales tax. They're going to make the money up somewhere else. It's either going to be an additional millage in your property taxes, you're going to get hit with an additional sales tax somewhere else at a gas pump or whatever. Somehow that money's coming back. There, Until everybody understands there is nothing free in this country, then we're all spinning our wheels. And if they're giving you something over here, you're going to have to pay for it over here. We're feeling that right now with the inflation in this country. There was all this free money that was given out, and I understand people were hurting and needed some help while we were shutting things down. But the long and the short of it is now we're paying the price on the backside with skyrocketing inflation. We're all paying back. Ten times what we got at the time in money that was given out. It's because money becomes worthless when you keep handing it out. 
Well, in this case, they're taking those fees from us. They don't want to cut a budget anywhere. Yeah, somebody's got a pet project somewhere that somehow some of the money is probably helping to finance. Or they just decided they want to keep all these people employed at the Department of Agriculture that we wouldn't need anymore if we were to get rid of concealed carry licenses. All of a sudden, you're not going to need half of the people or more that are sitting there processing these applications on a daily basis. You could dwindle that department down to probably 20% of its normal capacity uh, to be able to process the remaining licenses that would be necessary. Especially, you're going to have a lot of people coming in from out of state. They may have dual residencies. They're allowed to get a concealed carry permit in Florida. They may need it for their own home state, or they may need it for some of the states they're traveling through. Either way, they may be wanting to get a concealed carry permit. You're still going to have some. It's still authorized. But you wouldn't have nearly as many of the ones that are permanent residents here in Florida applying for those things because they won't need them anymore. Well, that's lost revenue to an agency in the government. And I'll guarantee you it's somehow affecting somebody's budget for whatever pet project they have for their home area. And so the long and the short of it is, that's why it's dying in committee. We have a tax and spend problem again. Once you've started taxing somebody on something, it's real hard to get them to not continue that going forward. We've seen that time and time again. Uh, you can even see it going from one county to another based on gas taxes that are sitting out there. Hillsborough's gas taxes are less than Polk's. And you got to sit there going, why is that? Well, some people say, well, they have a lot more people. No, that, that if anything, means that they need to be taxing more because they've got to provide more facilities and they've got to provide more roadways and upkeep. The long and the short of it is, is that they haven't taxed their people on those areas as much. We have. But you'll never see them take that back away because it pays for projects that are pets to them that they want to be able to go out to their constituents and look what I've done for you today. That's the real problem on all this. Well, our no-nonsense governor, Governor DeSantis, has called this special legislative session. They have to address the redistricting issue because it's got to be dealt with. He has he has two or three other projects that he wants them to work on during that that he has contacted them and said these are high priorities. And one of those is revisiting the constitutional carry provision to get it to him. He has announced he is prepared to sign it. They've just got to get it through, get it out of committee, get it voted on, and get it on his desk, and then he will sign it. That's all it takes, but he can't sign it or do anything about it until they get it to him, and if they don't get it to him, I have a feeling there's going to be some legislators who might find themselves at the end of their tenure with regards to being voted on within their local communities. Because all it's going to take is some people running against them that will say, I'm going to help with this, 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 and I'm going to make sure that I vote in favor of constitutional carry, which so-and-so over here refused to do. They refused to push it through the committee to get it done. And so I think what you're going to see is all of a sudden some of these people that might have become a little too comfortable with positions that they have, suddenly facing themselves on the outside looking in. And that may be what it takes. 
but Governor DeSantis has has made it very clear that he wants that to be a high priority during the special session. So when we were originally told that it was dead in committee on March 14th of 2022, that is not actually the way it ended up being. And the reason it is, it, it would have been, but for the fact that he vetoed another provision that they have to have a special session over. Uh, it deals with the redistricting and the maps and what's required to be able to fill court requirements on the redistricting. Um, and if they don't send that back to him the way it needs to be done, he'll veto it again until they get it right. He can extend the special session as long as he needs to on something like that because that has to be complied with under federal law. It deals with voting. It deals with districting. It's it's a huge issue that's got to be dealt with. But in the meantime, they can deal with other issues while they're there. There is no reason that they cannot deal with the concealed carry bill. I highly, or the uh, uh, constitutional carry bill, I highly recommend anybody that's listening to this show, contact your local legislator. And I don't mean your federal legislator, the one that goes to Washington, D.C., I'm talking about your your representative for the House and your representative that's for the Senate that are for the State House and Senate because that's where this lies, is in Tallahassee. And you have a local House of Representatives uh, representative and you have a local senator for the state legislature that will be able to deal with these issues. They should be dealing with these issues. For it to have gone through three sessions and never made it out of committee for a vote is atrocities. There's no reason because when you have the types of majorities that the Republicans have in both the House and the Senate right now in Florida, there is absolutely no reason that this bill keeps getting stuck other than it's money. It's realistically money. And it gets me back to, again, why I am not happy with the NRA and I am a lifetime member of the NRA. This is a case where they have not stepped up and said, look, folks, let's get this done. They've sat back and they've applauded our legislature for not putting any more anti-gun bills through. Well, thank you very much. That did nothing at that point. This is something where they can make a proactive status, a proactive stance, and say we're going to join what will then be, a we anticipate, a majority of the states with constitutional carry. As a side note, Some people have said, oh, that'll lead to the wild, wild west. No, it won't. We've now got 24 states and 25 coming on board shortly, it looks like, that that there's not been a wild, wild west situation. That is a stupid argument that's made by people out there because there's absolutely no example of that being the situation. So uh, that is a non-issue. It's a red herring, and if somebody brings it up, then they've got no other argument against it, and they're just trying to propose something weak to get to the emotions of the general uh, populace and public. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. You've been listening to Talk Radio 96.7 FM and 1430 AM, and I look forward to talking to you more next week.